Welcome in to In the Pocket Across the Pond. Wow, what a pretty awful week for fantasy football. We're going to go through all of those really low-scoring games and some of the players who did really well. We'll assess them. As always, we'll give you who we think the worst team in the league is, the win that we're not buying, and who we think gave you the most impressive victory, as well as going through how our picks performed from last week, telling you who we think you should be adding on your waiver wire, and letting you know about our starts going into week two of the NFL season. Guys, I got a little story for you. All right. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was a fantasy football player, a fantasy football player who hosts a UK-based NFL fantasy football podcast, who very boldly took the Dallas Cowboys defense thirteenth in the thirteenth round of his NFL draft with his thirteenth pick, and he was. He was chastised for that. He was taken down the streets and humiliated for his decision. Well, would it shock you to know that that man won in his fantasy football league this week? And that man won by quite a lot. And that man is I. I'm not even bothered because um, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. How about them, yee-haw? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too bothered. I'm I'm fine. Water off a duck's back for me, Sharples, because my team is going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to let anyone even score a field goal all season. I what agree. about you? I agree. Um, listen, obviously, uh, good pick, good week. Actually, not not a good pick, but a good week. Um, the Cowboys weren't the reason that you won that. You won by quite a comfortable margin. So, I mean, you could have picked yourself up. I don't know. Uh, a late round flyer that did really well. There was there were some people who were undrafted with, Listen, and they could have him for the rest of the roster. I mean, are the Dallas Cowboys defense going to score thirty five every week? You two might say they will. But, I say they probably won't. Um, you know, they're against. I don't think they'll score thirty five every week. About, uh, listen, enjoy it. It feels good. I know it feels good. I, they, they, I lost in our sleeper league because the Cowboys scored forty two points on there. So I felt it. I felt it, my friend. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to hammer it on with me. But all I say is enjoy it now. Because, I mean, when they, you know, you're gonna have to submit when they play the Bills. You're gonna have to submit when they play the Eagles. I think long term. You know what? It's, it's yeah, funny you should say the Bills. Um, I don't. I don't think that's a great thing to say about the Bills after this we'll, week. We'll that I'll have to sub it. them out. We'll, we'll get into it. All I'll say is I feel very justified in my decision because my point was. Let me reiterate my point because it gets lost through the banter. My point was when you have an elite defense like the Cowboys, like the 49ers, I personally think that is a very valuable pick to have when they can give you big weeks like this. I'm not saying go and get the Denver defense who are going to score you seven points a week in round 13, but when you have a defense who can score this amount of points, who you do want to keep for all the season you can just chuck on your bench because that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to drop this defense. I feel like that is more valuable than picking up Adam Thielen in the 14th round or something like that. That's all I'll say. That's a low blow on Mr. Thielen. (laughs) Old man Thielen. (laughs) Um, 
No, in all seriousness, good, yeah, yeah, uh, good, good week. There's nothing yeah, I can say pick. about it. And and real life NFL wise, obviously Cowboys bias majorly here. How many better players right this moment are there in the NFL than Micah Parsons? Realistically, three, four? Yeah, something like that, maybe. Yeah. He's definitely top ten easily. Yeah. But week one is finally in the books, and oh boy, was it triggering. Wow. Very slow start. Mm. I wrote this, well, I wrote this um, quite optimistically. I wrote very slow start in the early window of games. Uh, I wrote that at about 8 o'clock on Sunday night. I forgot to to cross out start and just put opening weekend because it was all slow besides one game in the late window. You had defences making plays, but you had amateurish play on offence all day. Sloppy turnovers, silly sacks. That carried over into the Monday night game. Let's jump in and look at some of the games, lads. I'm going to rattle off some scores. Stop me if you want to talk about the game. You know, we... We had the opening game, Lions 21-20, Chiefs. Um, everyone can drop Kadarius Tony. <laughs> drop him as fast as he dropped those passes from Patrick Mahomes. Pretty fast. Yeah. Um, let's linger on the Bengals for a second. They scored three points against the Browns, who hit them with 24 points. What on earth happened here? Let me throw a scenario at you. Joe Burrow gets the most lucrative contract in NFL history and he's never good again. <laughs> Is that not a funny prospect? Um, just imagine if it happens. But realistically, what happened here? What happened here? I've, I've, listen, that's a very funny prospect. It's not going to happen, but it's a very funny prospect. Obviously a bit of a disaster, but I'm not reading incredibly into this. Like It's week one. Anything can happen. That game had horrible weather. It's a divisional game. They can always be strange. Big rival as well in the Browns. Um, you don't remember like a few years ago when didn't Tampa Bay get absolutely stuffed in game one by the Packers after they'd just won the Super Bowl? Or was it, or was it Aaron Rodgers who got stuffed the year after he won the MVP? Stuff like this happens all, all the time in week one. I'm not worried... Um, in fact, I would be doubling down on my Bengals this week and starting them. Yeah, I'd be, I, I would. I would certainly be targeting someone like a T Higgins in a trade. To be honest with you, I'll be targeting him in a trade if someone's completely done with them after week one, because that's not how things work. But if you can get T Higgins for say Cortland Sutton yeah, yeah. or something like that, you absolutely I mean, go out and do that as well. That's not to say I'm happy with what happened this week. Obviously, that was horrendous. You think, across you, the board. you think you're not happy? Like, wait, wait, <laughs> just wait, just yeah. wait. Chapel's yeah. anything to say on the Bengals? No, I'd have to, I'd have to echo what you guys have said. I mean, like we said before the season starts, it's week one. Let's not make any, any, uh, um, like any two moves that are too big at this point. Like let's let's just calm itself down. Like you say, it was a rainy match. Um, the Bengals are a throw first team. Terrible weather. And also credit to the, to the Browns defense. They got some nice pieces on there. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. They're gonna make it tough for opposing mm. matchups. Yeah. We obviously don't know how, how healthy Burrow was going into it. We know there was that lingering calf issue. Um so yeah, if you can if you can target someone who's having a wobble on Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or Joe Mixon, I would get in there as soon as possible because you they're they're gonna come good. They just are the too good of an offense not to. Yeah. It's the age old proverb, yeah, after week one. 
don't trade Keenan Allen for Michael Gallup mm. because you think Tyrell Taylor is his quarterback. And that's a deep cut for you, and I'm not going to explain the story. <laughs> um, Texans 9, Ravens 25. Totally underwhelming from the Ravens. I want to save Lamar Jackson for later because I and Lewis, I think, have got a lot to say about Lamar Jackson at the moment. Uh, the Bucks with the victory. Realistically, what... What needs to happen for Kirk Cousins to get bench chapels? Is it just a matter of there's no one else on the team to put on there? Yeah, I, I don't think he'll get benched, certainly not mid-season. It's not like there's a young, hungry, early-round quarterback snapping at his heels. Uh, you know, he's old reliable. Again, with them, I mean, they're probably going to get 11 or so wins this season. It's just they're not going to make any splashes in the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to make just a, a sudden move like that because he's, he's a steady Eddie and they know exactly what they're going to get from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Lou, I know you watched the quarterback show all the way through. Something that I've not managed to do just yet. Uh, did you get the impression that Kevin O'Connell doesn't really like Kirk Cousins like I did, uh, or is he just a cold guy? A little bit, a little bit. But I, I mean, I I got I did get the impression that Kevin O'Connell um, sort of sort of hands over a lot of the responsibility of the offense to Kirk Cousins, meaning if that offense isn't ticking, he has he has a finger to point at Kirk Cousins every time. Mm, that being said, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen an incredible amount from um Kevin O'Connell yet as a head coach. Um and I've seen enough from Kirk Cousins to know this is Kirk Cousins. Like he's mm. gonna have bad weeks, he's gonna have good weeks, whatever. He's gonna still gonna be the quarterback in, you know, week eighteen. Mm, yeah, you, you know. Uh, Whereas I can't say the same for Kevin O'Connell. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think the floodgates have opened uh, for my Kevin's touchdown season. To be honest with you, you know, euphoria when he scored that touchdown. And in previous seasons, where Mike Evans, he's you know, he's always one of the best wide receivers in the league, real life. But for fantasy getting touchdowns to Mike Evans in the previous few seasons has been hard work to get one in week one the prospects of the earth for him to go on and do big things but the 49ers this one hurt I thought the Steelers were going to be good this year it's the preseason mirage everyone loved the Steelers in the preseason when they were playing everyone's backups and they come against one of the best squads in the league in the 49ers and get shellacked <laughs> yeah Sharples what do you think I thought Brock Purdy looked really great and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey yeah I mean um, well personally I wasn't that convinced on, on the Steelers uh, I, I still think they'll, they'll come bottom in that in that division for me still not seeing it yet from Kenny Pickett not a particularly exciting offence the defence relies entirely on, on TJ Watt but realistically their season isn't going to be defined by playing the San Francisco 49ers you know they're potential Super Bowl candidates I wouldn't I wouldn't use this as a measuring stick um, but you are right they were totally outclassed 49ers are great Brock Purdy uh, I mean I don't know what his, what his roster percentage is but I know he's on the waiver wire in every league that I'm in I'd seriously be, con- be considering that if, if my you know quarterback had picked up an injury or I'm having a bit of a wobble because I think he's going to be calm and assured every game you're looking at Looks like a minimum two touchdowns thrown each game. It's just whether he can keep the interceptions and, and maybe get a few rushing yards in there. But he looks fantastic. Yeah, he's a total 
killer Brock Purdy, and that 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 instinct, that killer instinct, is clearly what sets him apart from the other young or rookie quarterbacks at the minute. He's just got that thing. Like Patrick Peterson called him out this week, and he didn't just have a great game. He went after. Patrick Peterson for that second Brandon Ayuk touchdown, which was a great catch. You just love to see quarterbacks do that. I remember in the Super Bowl a few years ago, Tyron Matthew uh, mouthing off, chirping at Tom Brady. Stupidest thing to ever do. Uh, but you could hear Brady say, I'm coming after you, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Sure enough, he comes after him in the end zone. You know, uh, the disrespect, the, the sheer confidence. Purdy looks great. This uh, This team looks really good. Lou, were you as disappointed with the Steelers as I am? And Deontay Johnson, as we'll get into in news and injuries, Deontay looks like he's going to be sidelined for a little while, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, Lou, we we were on record saying the Steelers are going to be at least a little bit better than last season. And I still think they will be. Mm. But as Sharple said, this isn't a measuring stick year against a team that I think is going to be in the Super Bowl in the 49ers. So, and I don't, you know, the Steelers being better, I don't think the Steelers are going to be in the Super Bowl. Mm. So, you know, it's a tough one, really. Like, mm. it's, it can only go up from here, I think, for the... For this, if this is the Steelers' worst loss of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. You know how much you know. We spoke about Mike Tomlin, excellent NFL head coach. He'll write the ship somehow, just like yeah. he did last year. And the hope is that writing the ship will will mean even more things this year than it did last year because yeah. all these players are in the second year and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Eagles just just squeezing past the Patriots. The Patriots really put up a fight here, and a lot of fantasy pieces for the Patriots went off. You know, Mac Jones had a really great game. Um, what what is this one? Is it the Eagles a little tiny bit of a Super Bowl hangover? You know, their offense wasn't clicking, or is it you know as we projected, um, Bill O'Brien is in the the offense for the Patriots looks a bit better, and uh, albeit they were coming from behind, so they had to score the points. But these were points that in the previous few years the Patriots don't score. This is a game that the Patriots lose twenty five six last year, you know, 25-20 against a, a really, really good, if not a little bit rusty Eagles team, I think is a really promising loop for the Patriots. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Again, again, it was raining in this game as well, um, so it ended up being not quite um, the explosive offensive display that you'd expect from the Eagles. Um, you know, you had some wide receivers out injured for... The Patriots, and they still, you know, they still had guys show up like Kendrick Bourne. Um, as you said, they were able to keep up. I don't know, like, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about how out of sync the Eagles looked. But yeah, I'm on a similar wavelength to you in that I think we should also be talking about how competent the Patriots looked compared to last year. Mm. Um, I do, I do think some of the Mac Jones stats are a bit padded with the game script yeah. a little bit, but you know, mm. it, I, I, the guy still threw three hundred odd yards, like, yeah. and that's not no easy feat in any NFL game. Yeah. Um, last four games that we're going to mention, um, 
Well, we'll mention we'll mention briefly that the Jets squeeze past the Bills, but I think that's a more interesting game to talk about. Player wise, in terms of general games, um, I think these are the more the four most interesting games of the weekend. Um, I'm a genius, is what I'll say for this first one, because I told you all that the Rams would be pretty good this year. <laughs> I didn't overtly come out there and say that they would beat the Seahawks convincingly. Because I'm also quite in love with Geno Smith, not as much as Sharples is maybe. But um yeah. What happened here, Sharples? Um I I don't know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um I think Rams defence getting back some of the, some of that respect that they lost last year, I think Arnold, Aaron Donald had a bit of a quiet season for him. Obviously they, they lost Jalen Ramsey as well in the off season. So I know me personally, I was thinking this was a relatively uh, squishy defense, no Bobby Wagner in there either. Uh, but they they really stepped up, um, got some big big production um, from people other than Cooper Cup, which again they didn't really do much last season. I know there'll be a couple of players mentioned um, later on from the Rams that we that we might want to pick up. And the Seahawks, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised to be honest with you. I thought with the weapons that they've got in the offense, I thought obviously no no Smith and Jigby yet, but. DK Metcalf's there, Tyler Lockett's there, Kenneth Walker's there, Charbonnet's there, hearing a lot of good things about him. They just didn't turn up. Hopefully, you just put it down to the opening game of the season, you know, a little bit Robotronic, and they loosen up uh, next week against Detroit. It's a great clip. Yeah. Um, they like, he wasn't mic'd up. Geno Smith wasn't mic'd up. Hmm. But it's like a great. I heard it when I was watching the game live, and I was like, well, did I just hear that correctly? Um, Geno Smith gets the ball. And he sort of he runs back into the pocket, and Aaron Donald is just got on a free lane to run at him, and you can hear um, Gino Smith shout, "Oh my god!" and then just completely <laughs> and just launches the ball yeah. anywhere. It's and class. It's yeah. another, I mean, JSN did get out there briefly, but he's clearly still a bit banged up. Yeah, it's yeah. another one, a bit like the Bengals one, where. I'm targeting these Seahawks players if people are kind of done on them after this week. The Seahawks are going to be a really good team. They're really well coached. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with the Rams, what it is is obviously no Cooper Cup. Um, but Sean McVay's a great head coach. And um, the running game, they got the running game going, which in McVay's first few years there, that was what the Rams really depended on with Todd Gurley, the running game. Um, obviously, we're used to a, a potent passing offense in recent years. But I just think as well, it comes down to the fact that, look, you've got a quarterback there in Matthew Stafford that is potentially head into the Hall of Fame and can still play. Give him guys that are capable to receive passes uh, and get peppered with targets, and they're going to stay in games with McVeigh and Stafford there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really great result for the Rams. Shootout alert, though. Shootout alert. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Dolphins 36, Chargers 34. <laughs> Typical Chargers losing a game like this. Typical Chargers. Yeah. Um, it's why Brandon Staley's probably going to get sacked because the Chargers are going to probably be top six in scoring in the league, but they could end up having a losing record if they if they play games like they did here. But um, yeah, what a game! What a game! But what a game that we all knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, great game. Um, elevated by Kevin Harlan commentary, uh, the best commentator on any network. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really mint game. I mean, it, it, watching Tua throw the ball to Tyreek Hill is like watching a hot knife through butter because it's just so easy. 
it, it's like sometimes you can't believe how open Tyreek Hill is and how good these these throws are. Tua looked fantastic, um, especially that sort of fade pass that he threw in the corner of the end zone for Hill for what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. So in sync, so good to watch. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, anything on this? Yeah, I was just going to mention, I mean, I'm personally not, but obviously in a, in a game where the Dolphins scored 36 points for uh, for Jalen Waddles to only have four receptions, five targets, 78 yards. So we any any cause for concern there, or is that just the way that it goes? No, no. I think I think it was one of those games. It was, it was like a bit of a Tyreek Hill statement game. Either of them can blow up any week. Um, if if anyone in your league is feeling a bit wobbly on Jalen Waddle, go and get him. Mm-hmm. Please go and get him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, well. I'm sure when we talk about the players, we'll come on to some players on my team that really didn't do uh, me any favours. Jalen Waddle being one of them, other players more so. I'm not particularly... We're, we'll get into it. I'm not particularly worried about my team, even though I should be tilting my back off <laughs> right now. Um, Packers 38, Burrs 20. John Love looking nice. Justin Fields not so much. And the Packers still the kings of this division. Yeah, probably, yeah. And last game, if we didn't mention a game other than this next one, it's because we don't care about it. Titans and Saints and Broncos and Raiders fans, we don't care about your games because it's boring and you're all bad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go straight into our impressive victory, not buying it win, worst team, because my impressive victory, yeehaw, is the Cowboys. Yeah! yeah. Yeah, uh, that's mine as well. There's a there's a few that could have been this week, who we've mentioned previously. But you cannot win your opening game forty to zero and not be the impressive victory. Just a complete dominant display against a Giants team that was a playoff team last year. You know, let's not get this twisted. This isn't some crap Giants team. They were in the playoffs last year, and the Cowboys completely humiliated them at home. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. Let's go. Sharples, tell, give us, go on, give us a team and a reason, a different team and a reason why the Cowboys are at the impressive victory. Um, no, I, I, I can't. Um, what can you say about about Foyce? Nothing against a Giants team that looked relatively competent going into the season. It's not like it's not like you just beat the Cardinals. So, no. Uh, Fair play, fair play, Cowboys this week. Yeah, not buying it. Win. I'm going to go the Ravens. We'll get into Lamar soon. Um, I just thought it was really messy, really sloppy. Uh, they were playing a Texans team that were awful last year, and that was without a, a pretty raw uh, rookie quarterback. And it was nowhere near as convincing as the box score will have you believe. Uh, I'm a bit worried about the Ravens if they're going to play like this all season. And they just lost the starting running back for the season as well. Sharples, who are you not buying? Um, unfortunately, and it's for reasons beyond their control, uh, it's going to be the Jets. I think this might be a, a high spot mm. in a now otherwise torrid season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went the Jets as well. Um, you know... Emotions were like a pendulum in that game, um, and it was a good win. But I'm not buying it because you're not you're, you're not having wins like that every week with Zach Wilson mm. under center. 
And who's the worst team in the league, Lou? The Giants, because they're the only team after week one with zero points. Mm, Shackles. I'm going to have to, to be honest, I might be picking them every week because if you'll recall in my bold pick, I did have them going 0-17. Cardinals, in a game that they could have won and could have immediately shut me yeah. up, didn't. So I'm going to have to go the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I, it's only week one, but I feel like the NFC East might not be as as strong as people thought it was going to be with how the commanders looked also. But I'm going to go with the team that's currently on maybe, I think, an 11-game losing streak. I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah. I think they look totally uh, clueless on offense, still bad on defense. I don't know who they're going to win, uh, what games they're going to win, who they're going to beat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Before we just get into some of these, I know we want to talk about some players as well who did really well and some players who busted, but I just want to give everyone some context for the week because you mentioned how putrid it was. Yeah, Fantasy scoring will have been down across the leagues and that's why we're probably going to talk about more players who did bad than the ones who did good. But to put it in the con- into context, the early window of games, we had 26 offensive touchdowns and 29 turnovers. You know, you're never going to get fantasy goodness when you have more turnovers than touchdowns. Also, to put it into an even greater perspective, in those eight early games, if you were to combine uh, the points scored in every like in, in every game between each team, there was an average of 36 points a game. That's 18 points between each team. If your team... If, if, the, if there's only 36 points scored... In each game, you are not going to have a good week for fantasy football. You know, if you betted on the under this week, congratulations. Mm, You won an awful lot of money. Because I can only imagine every single game hit that under. Um, So we're going to talk about a lot of players who did bad this week, more so than usual, hopefully. But as you said up top, Al, it was just an incredibly sloppy week. More the sloppiest week one I can remember, probably. Is that is that true? That the twenty six touchdowns, twenty nine interceptions, twenty six offensive touchdowns, and twenty nine turnovers oh, in the turnovers. in the early window of games. Yeah, I'm gonna say it turnovers. Like so it. yeah, in in well well interceptions, fumbles, anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. very sloppy. Really, it sounds like a Dak Prescott season. <laughs> Good players. Speaking of good players, Tariq Hill, 44.5 fantasy points. He's 200 good. yards. Tariq on his way to 2,000 yards. He's going to do in it. In 10 games. He's going to do it. <laughs> Cowboys, 35 points. Lou's already been over that oh. one. Yeehaw, how about him? Brandon Ayuk, 32 points, two touchdowns. Maybe Brandon Ayuk is finally a good football player. I think he is. He still burned me. He burned me so many times. I'm still not ready to. But I think I think you know, actually, finally, a quarterback in that that like likes throwing the ball to him. Um, I think I think this could be the breakout season for Ayuk after three years of saying that. Here's an interesting one: Yes or no? Is Jacoby Myers, who scored twenty nine points this week, a real deal for fantasy? Sharple's shaking his head. I was against him this week. I was against a team that had both Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers in the same starting lineup. And you know what? I would have been fine if Devontae Adams had scored 27 points against me and Jacoby Myers had scored 12. But the fact that it was opposite around was a kick in the teeth. <laughs> it was dirt in the eye. It was lemon juice in the wound. And there is not a chance. There is not a chance he's repeating that again for the rest of the season. Lee, I'm sorry. Mm. I don't care. That's ludicrous and you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Blue. I think there's some value to be had there. Obviously, you can't expect this every week, but I do think, you know, I, I think there is something to be said for how much Garoppolo looked over at him. He's not going to do that again because Devontae Adams will make sure he doesn't do that again. But I, I do think he's, I, I do think he is, he is roster worthy. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm also still not buying it. I, I think there's a higher chance that this is um, Myers' best game of the season um, than him, you know, beating it. But yeah, Tua, 27 points, looked great. This is a really, really annoying one. I hope I said this on the podcast for receipts. You did. But you didn't, I didn't man. say this. Did I not say on the podcast? I don't podcast? know if you did. I, don't, I really don't know if you did. I, just, I, just I hope must you didn't. have done on the I draft really strategy hope, because really this sounds like I'm just making this up. And I'm not because it still hasn't worked out for me. So I'm still the idiot. But all off season, I was preaching, I'm going to wait till the ninth round and pick two up and he's my quarterback. He's my quarterback. He's my quarterback. Somehow I must have blacked out in our main league's draft because I've ended up with Justin Fields at quarterback um, instead of Tua um, I have got Tua in a couple of leagues and he pretty much won me the uh, he pretty much won me the week a lot of chatter now about Tua MVP I'm not I'm not going that in on the guy I think I think if if the um, Dolphins play somewhat like this and they win a lot of games this season you're more likely to see Tyreek Hill as the MVP personally but um yeah, everyone who drafted Tua is loving it at the minute, aren't they? Unless they drafted him and didn't play him. I'm looking at Mr. Alex Sharples. Listen, he's on, <laughs> he's on the roster. He's in consideration. I thought I thought week one I had to go with Gino. I've been hyping him up all season. And next week against the Patriots, I'm also going to be benching Tua. I want to see Gino against the Lions. But yeah, as I was sat there watching the points roll in while I had Gino sat in my lineup on nine points, I was raging. But, I mean, just long as I'm to put a slight taper on it, and the reason why he fell to me so late in the draft was my second quarterback. It was hard for him to stay on, on the pitch last season. Like We can't forget that. Like Two nasty mm-hmm. concussions. Um, I think they're going to wrap him in cotton wool, and you get the sense that if there's you know, any, any sort of potential issue that he's not going to play. So, obviously, if he keeps popping this out week in, week out, then, yeah, unbelievable for me. But let's let's just... Just remember what happened last season and the reason that I think he fell in a lot of people's drafts. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, moving on, my personal player of the weekend was Aaron Jones. Mm. He looked so good. He caught the ball so well. He looked so fast, so much so that he, he got a bit of a hamstring tweak on a touchdown run. I I couldn't believe, I, I mean, and we like Aaron Jones in general on this podcast he has been around for a few years now he does seem to do this in week one this isn't the first week one that Aaron Jones has completely gone off but I just thought he looked great Luke yeah I agree he did look really good and I think you know I think you're going to have a reliable running back in Aaron Jones if you, you know when he's healthy all year I just want to quickly you know jump off that to tell you my sort of favorite player of the week was Jordan Love just because I thought he looked so safe, um, you know, commanded that offense really well, you know, not 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 like an incredibly um, flashy stat line, but completed fifteen of twenty-seven passes, two hundred and forty-five passing yards, two passing touchdowns. That's exactly what this Packers team need him to be. 
So if he's going to be this all year, this Packers team's going to be really good. I was sceptical about Jordan Love coming into the season and really impressed by what I saw, especially considering the incredibly poor quarterback play we saw from a lot of other quarterbacks this week. Yeah, yeah. This is a reaction-heavy episode, so I'm just going to um, speed through the next few names, um, chaps, and stop me or tell me at the end if you want to chat about someone I've mentioned or someone I've not mentioned, but we've got Eckler, McCaffrey and Diggs on 25-26 points, obviously. Mm. the great. Tyler Algier had a really good game. I'll talk about him in a bit. Kendrick Bourne, this isn't going to happen again. Leave him on the waiver wire. <laughs> Mac Jones, 24 points. QB2 on the week. Interesting. Calvin Ridley's back. Justin Jefferson with the quietest 150-yard game you'll ever see. Lou just mentioned Jordan Love, Michael Pittman, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, all with nice games. Puka Nakau? Nakua? Puka Nakua. 15 targets. Wow. You're going to talk about him in a bit as well, Lou. But let's get into the bad, and we'll try not to linger on these Can players. I just mention... Um, Sorry, Lou. Can yeah, I just mention Brees Hall as well? Oh, Brees Hall looked Who great. looked great. And I, and I, 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 I know, again, my, my, the players who impressed me this week are the guys who I've been down on all off-season who came out and sort of balled out like John Love and like Brees Hall, who I've been chatting about <clears throat> coming back from his injury, being worried about it. And he looked class. There was that really funny like eight-yard run that he had where he just ran out of steam at the end of it. Yeah. And it's sort of, I think on the Manning cast, um, Eli Manning was like, he's, he's not in shape, he's not in yeah, shape, yeah. see? He's like, yeah. He only, he only sprinted <laughs> he, he, for 80 yards. He only yards. sprinted for 80 yards, which, to be fair, if that was a fully healthy Brees Hall, he would have he would have housed it. But I was really impressed by yeah. Brees Hall. Sharples, any, anyone you want to give a quick shout-out to who you thought was great this week? I'm just going to chuck in one, only because it's very personal to me. I've, I'm in four leagues this season. I've drafted him in every single one. Michael Pittman... Uh, got him in sort of the yeah. eighth or ninth round because in my head I thought he's the number one option on a team and you don't really get that that late on in the draft. 11 targets, eight receptions, 97 yards and a lovely um, run after catch touchdown. I don't know if you saw that one, boys. Not saying he's going to do mm. that every week, but just the amount of volume he's getting is exactly what I was looking for when I drafted him. Um, and he was on, I think he was on the bench on every one of my teams as well. So that's another mm. one, another, another <laughs> title slashed. Uh, but yeah, it's exactly what I wanted from him. And so I'm just going to shout out Michael Pittman. Nice. Yes. Let's get into the bad. I've got a new little segment called Heading for the Booth. <laughs> the player most likely to be in the commentary booth this time next year. Ryan Tannehill at the moment is winning and he's was, heading for the booth. Yeah, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill. So are we going to do this every week and update it? Yeah, I think it's, 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 so it's, it's like it's like a rolling thing. Where it's, it's like a like rolling thing. Players it's like, overtake other players. Um, I think imagine, I, I was going to say Ryan Tannehill. Imagine the segment. Last year, where we talked about Russell Wilson every week, <laughs> that's basically this segment. Um, Ryan Tannehill, though, yeah, Tannehill looked terrible, totally washed. Like last year, Matt Ryan levels of washed. I don't know how much of Tannehill you saw, Sharples. Maybe you were lucky enough to not see as much as we saw. But my goodness, he looked awful. No, I, I was watching him because I had an eye on DeAndre Hopkins, who's in our league, and. The good thing for me is he was targeting Hopkins pretty much every time. The fact is he was just throwing to him when there was three people around him. Like he's a great player, mm-hmm. but let him let him make some space before you throw him the ball. I I, mm-hmm. I remember making this comment um, when we were watching it out, and and I, and I said like it's like he him and DeAndre Hopkins are in denial about how old they are because. The, he, 
Ryan Tannehill's thrown it up like, who cares? Double coverage, don't care. Like, it's like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill in the prime. that They're like, I'm just going to throw it up to my guy and he's going to get it. (laughs) Not realising that... You don't do that. These guys don't do that anymore. Ryan Tannehill don't do that. DeAndre Hopkins isn't the player he used to be. So they don't... It's like they're in denial about their ability. It's like you can't do that anymore. Yeah, Yeah, but at this moment in time, Ryan Tannehill is heading to the booth. He's heading to the booth. Lucrative contract, probably, though. I and saw that uh, Matt Ryan's already up there. Um, and some pretty pretty decent contract. He was Matt Ryan was doing the the Bucks-Vikings game, and um, yeah, fine. Not as good as Greg Olson. Greg Olson's great. Greg Olson's great. Um, anyway, I've never seen a list like this one before that I'm about to rattle off, but all of these players gave you a goose, gave you a big old bagel. T. Higgins, Dallas Goddard. Both of which were on my main team. It's quite nice having players losing and having a team like that because it's like, well, there's nothing I could do mm-hmm. with two players scoring zero. There's nothing. You just got to reset. That's why I'm I'm playing the same starting lineup as I did this week because that can't happen again. Uh, Drake London, Oconquo, Renfro, all zero. I do think the most shocking part of those. That stat is that I didn't suggest any of them last week. Mm, that is strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe my goose, my, yeah. my goose detector yeah. is a bit faulty this oh, year. Oh no! Elsewhere, say that just yet. Elsewhere in the god awful category, you had um, Cooks, Daniel Jones, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Najee Harris, Dak Prescott. Um, Amari Cooper, Damien Pierce, Rashad White, Antonio Gibson's totally done. Antonio Gibson um, is done, and he Antonio Gibson knows he is done because he's he's out there. I remember like a few years ago when Antonio Gibson's there, like I can't wait to be you know on special teams. He's like, <laughs> lad, they, they're trying to make you the starting running back. Now he's like, yeah, I can't wait to just come in, you know, when they need me on fourth down if yeah. we do if we're gonna go for it. And it's like this guy does not want to be the starting running back of a yeah. team. Christian Kirk, Skymo with bad games as well. Obviously, Kadarius Tony with a terrible game. Um, Josh Allen, I've not got a clue what he was doing last night, but like, it's the just completely egregious interceptions, throwing it completely nowhere mm-hmm. instead of taking um, an easy an, an easy first down or just like a, a three and out in the, in like the first quarter. I just think, take yeah. a three and out in the first quarter, but also doing stuff like not getting out of bounds when he's got the first down, just jumping in midair and almost getting yeah. completely I feel like there is something to, at this point there is something to say about... Josh Allen's decision making, like you mentioned, all those interceptions, um, you know, just launching it up and in double coverage, and he's like, "Oh, Diggs will get it." Mm. And as you mentioned, the stuff like jumping over guys to get that extra half a yard. It's like, lad, this mm. at some point you're gonna really regret doing that. Yeah. Um, and really quickly on Lamar Jackson, I don't know what's oh, happening. No, uh, he looks, like you said, Lou, he looks like he's completely checked out. And <laughs> it was a bad weekend for rushing quarterbacks anyway. But I don't know why I don't know why the Ravens pretty much refused to properly run it with Lamar. He didn't have no rushing yards. But compared to Lamar's rushing usage, it's like you've got a player here who's the best at a particular thing that we've ever seen in the NFL. I don't want to hear Justin Fields from last year. That was, I'm going to say that was a fluke. Justin Fields wasn't known as a, as like a, a, a pure 
running quarterback in college. He had a decent amount of rushing yards, but nothing like Lamar Jackson or like Michael Vick. So I do think that last year, in one game, Fields just ended up running because whatever play they had drawn up didn't work. And then he ended up scoring a touchdown and the birds were like, yeah, let's run with this for the rest of the season. You know, he's not on the same planet as Lamar Jackson is. Um, You've got this player who can do this thing in the league that no one else can it's like you've got the golden goose uh, and you you just refuse to do anything. Mm-hmm. You refuse to do anything with something that no other team in the whole league has. It's like a game-breaking thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on Lamar Jackson, uh, Sharples, but when I was watching him, I thought he looked out of sync. I thought he looked just sort of not there, really. Just not fully Lamar Jackson. I was really disappointed with his performance. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to come out here and slate the guy's character at all. I like Lamar Jackson, but he just I, I just didn't see anything at all in that game from him. I mean, no, I, I agree. I, I, against, you know, a, a Texans defense that was that was there to be be had really. Um I I honestly don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's too easy to, to say, oh yeah, he's just been given a, a big contract. He's, he's checked out, but obviously, I think that's what a lot of people will be will be saying. For me, I'm just going to put it down to week one. Probably walked in there knowing they were going to get a win against a bad team with a with a rookie quarterback. Hopefully, when you know when they start playing a bit more tougher opposition, get a bit more in the groove, then, then we see the, the the real Lamar. Um, but it is it is yeah, getting a little bit worrying. I mean, we've not you know for the past couple of seasons, I think we've been drafting him fourth fifth round and that with with the expectation that you know this guy could be could be the mvp and he's just not done it so you know it's exactly, week one know. you know like, like we always said don't go don't get over it don't get too hot let's let's keep that mentality and see but it was just a very stale game when it was there to be had really for him i think yeah yeah and believe me i hope lamar jackson does nothing but prove what we just said wrong for the rest of the year yeah yeah of course of course but let's uh Let's move on just before we get to the the news. One obvious piece of news: um, a, a bit of a rookie roundup. Andy Richardson looks like a player that you can start in a pinch in fantasy. Mm-hmm. The other two uh, rookie quarterbacks look like rookies. Bijan Robinson of a really good week, of course. Roshan Johnson as well. Pick him up and put him on your bench. It was a bit of garbage time, but I said last week that Roshan Johnson is a really talented player, and Zay Flowers looks great, as does Jordan Addison. Um, Let's let's get into that one bit of news. Let's unpack it really quickly because we don't want to linger on it for too long. But Aaron Rodgers, um, Luke, do you want to do you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I've got some injury news um, from a few players, which I'll detail after the Aaron Rodgers news. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Um, he's going to miss the rest of the season. He was on the field for about two minutes. Uh, 45 seconds in game time one attempted pass no completions gutting really for Rodgers and the Jets um, you know age 39 turn his Achilles I think I think Rodgers is going to come back from this and play but it's just when that's going to be and the timeline on that it's it's really gutting you never want to see um, anything like this happen really so Fantasy-wise, that sort of tanks Garrett Wilson for me. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Sharples, about this news? I'm, I'm gutted, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. I, I thought this... 
I'm not going to say anything daft like they were going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they were looking like a really good team, like really together. Rod just looked happy, looked like he was forming a really good bond with um, with Garrett Wilson. Obviously, we all we all know what the defense could do, um, and you know now that there's going to be a lot of Jets jokes and they're going to like a laughing stock this year. But you know they went for it, they got in a guard look really well, and what can you do? You know it was. No, you can't do. Yeah, exactly. Thirty nine year old man ruptures Achilles playing his Achilles playing American football. I mean. <laughs> not not a lot you can say, you know. Uh, it, it happens, no, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think I think the best thing to be perfect is I think you should probably just hang it up now. I've got a feeling he's going to come back next year and it's just not going to work and it'll drag on. Uh, hopefully, you know, from from a Jets point of view, Zach Wilson shows out shows the the reason why he was drafted with such a high pick and and they sort of move on from that. Um, but I'm gutted. I was really looking forward to seeing what this what this Jets team could do. I think it was shaping up to be a really nice, probably the juiciest division with the with the Bills and the Dolphins and obviously, you know, the Patriots can, can always do something. So, yeah, it's just, just a shame. Shame for football, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a weird night for Jets fans. Probably you come out of it with some, like, ambivalence, I suppose, because that, the, the, the kind of euphoria of coming out with the American flag and the, the, the 9-11 tribute and being so pumped and then that happens but then they win the game but not only win the game but in the fashion that they did as well yeah uh, weird one yeah yeah um, definitely definitely um, I mean all I'll say is you know if Zach Wilson doesn't show out then Tom Brady best get drafting a third retirement Instagram post for <laughs> next year <laughs> um, just another injury news as well JK Dobbins Torres Achilles, he's going to be out for another season. Um, good for the guy, but you know we see these guys all the time who just can't avoid these injuries, and that I think that's I don't I don't like saying it, but I think that's J.K. Dobbins' career. Really, career as a starting running back, anyway. Aaron Jones, as we alluded to earlier, hamstring injury after a great touchdown reception. Um, so just monitor that one. Deontay Johnson, monitor his hamstring injury. He left the, uh, his game in the second half. Jacoby Myers, who we were just talking about, having a really good game. Um, he's been evaluated for a concussion, so he may miss this week. And in case you didn't miss it before all the games started, um, in case you didn't catch it, sorry, Cooper Cup is on injured reserve and he's going to miss the first yeah. four games mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of painful stuff, let's... Really, really, super quickly, almost so quickly that no one hears, run through our player picks of this week. <laughs> Change the criteria a little bit. This week, obviously, our player picks Ooh. each week, we judge them. Uh, we've gone four points above ESPN. Projection is a hit. Four points below is a miss. Anything in the middle is nothing. Lou with the only hit of this week, Justin Herbert with 20.9 fantasy points. You're happy if you played him. A miss with Jameer Gibbs, eight. Although, I test, I think he looked pretty good. I think Waller was a not. I think Waller wasn't a hit or a miss. He was projected ten. Was he projected ten or ten point six? Can we confirm? While I'm running through these, you confirm. Confirm. And I also just want to miss. quickly speak about Justin Justin Herbert. Okay. Well, you said Sutton as well. You got thirteen point two points. Um, I mean, listen, let's ride. Thank you very much, Colton Sutton. That's um, all I'll say. I had Lawrence seventeen point seven. Nice game. Not a hit though. Uh, J.K. Dobbins injured Nolan Boyd Tyler Lockett 3 points big miss Tyler Higby 7.9 you take that from a tight end Sharples had uh, Jared Goff 14.2 points alright weekend not a hit or a miss 
Dion Jackson, three point eight. Oh, let me bad, let bad me player. just let me just jump in on that one. Um, normally, jump in, jump normally in. I hold my hands up and just say I picked the wrong person, but genuinely, I think I had the, I I was on the money in terms of that. I mean, he had goal line work. He had a good number of carries. I think it was about fifteen or so. The man just he fumbled it twice. What I mean, what can you do? Like you, and it's a lesson for me, and I'm going to carry it on for the rest of the season because I picked it based on purely on circumstances. You need to realise that also that it's a real player there. He's got two sticks of butter for hands, and he's probably not going to be a good NFL running back. So I'm going to take that and learn from it, um, take the loss on this one. But I'm just saying it was there to be had. He could have had himself a little touchdown. All he had to do was just hold on to the ball. Uh, I've got Darren Wallace projection, Lee. What was that? 12.1. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. We'll just leave that in. We'll leave that yeah. in. Yeah. Um, right. A miss. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just like to quickly um, speak on Justin Herbert really quickly. Okay. Just because, obviously, he was a hit. Right. I've got Justin Herbert in a in a in a few leagues this year. I'm very enthusiastic about him this year. Um, although his stat line was a hit, I was not impressed by his stat line. Completed 22 passes. 33 attempts, 228 passing yards and one passing touchdown. I know he had the rushing touchdown, but 228 for one is an incredibly Justin Herbert stat from the last year, the year before. In a game like this against the Dolphins, you want him to be absolutely blowing up, and he just didn't. And Like everything on this episode, I know it's week one. It was just... I just can't get I can't get that stat 228 for one out of my head because that's exactly what we've been seeing from Justin Herbert the past couple of years where we've been begging him to be better than he has been. Are those Kylie Minogue lyrics? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> See if you notice them if you're listening back to this. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, Old Man Hopkins and Greg Dulcich with fine games for Sharples as well to round off some pretty mediocre picks for you to start off the season we apologise but also it was football's fault not ours mm-hmm. but let's get into waivers two players we're going to suggest you two players each who are rostered in less than 50% of ESPN leagues I'll start us off with Hunter Henry rostered in just 4.2% of leagues uh, I think we saw at the weekend how capable this team is of moving the ball now with Billy O'Brien at OC. Probably won't get you 16 points a week, Hunter Henry won't, but each week he's going to be an end zone threat and should see some healthy targets with the Patriots trailing a lot this season as well. I'm going to go Puka Nakua and also, you know, Tutu Atwell as well. But mainly Pukunakua, Rams wide receiver, 2.8% of leagues rostered. We mentioned it before, 15 targets, caught 10 of them for 119 yards. Completely eye-watering numbers um, for a wide receiver, for a rookie wide receiver against a talented Seahawks secondary. You can't ignore those numbers. you got to add him. You have to add this guy. And I'm adding Nakua over Atwell just because with Nakua, you've got that unknown. You know, you've with Atwell. He's been in the league for a few years now. With Nakuri, he could be anything. This guy could be. He, he could be the next big thing. Yeah. He could be like a man Saint Brown was in his rookie year. You don't know, and it's that not knowing that is exciting. So that's Puka Nakua. 
Jackals? Uh, I've gone for a tight end, similar to you, Al. Uh, always risky, but I've gone for Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panth- Panthers, uh, only rostered in 4.9% of uh, leagues currently. And, um, yeah, seven targets, five receptions, uh, 41 yards and a touchdown. Not saying he's going to get that every week, particularly this week he's against the New Orleans Saints, who are currently the number one ranked defence against tight ends. Obviously, it's only... Uh, one week, so we can't read too much into that. Um, but a couple of juicy matchups coming up afterwards: Seattle, Minnesota, Detroit, um, and he looked a lot like Bryce Young's comfort blanket out there, which is always nice to see. Uh, and so I think I think if you've struggling at tight end, I know me. I, I've got Kelsey in one league, Andrews in another, Dolchich in another, all currently questionable. Dolchich probably out for a few weeks. I think he's worth a punt on definitely. Let's go back around as well. Sharples, give us your second. So I've gone for a, a wide receiver on this one. Um, Robert Woods, uh, wide receiver for the Texans, uh, only rostered in 2.7% of leagues, so he's certainly out there. Ten targets. Um, you know, it, it, it always counts for something. That, you know, I think I think our general rule of thumb for wide receivers is follow the, follow the targets, not the points. Ten targets, six receptions. Uh, again, it wasn't a, wasn't a great match for the for the Texans against the Ravens, but you, you, you can't deny that that sort of um, that sort of volume. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. There's the there's the um, other fella. Is it is it Nico Collins in that uh, mm-hmm. in the wide receiver yeah. room who, who yeah. did quite well? And he had uh, a nice I, week as well. Yeah. What's that? Sorry. He had a nice week as well. Yeah. yeah. Nico Collins. Um, but I think for me, Robert Woods, uh, crafty veteran. If he sees that kind of volume every week, he's worth a punt on. And there's a lot of wide receivers that busted this week. You're probably searching for someone. I think he could be the man. Yeah, Lou. I'm going to stick with the Rams and go Kyron Williams, the running back, second-year running back for him, who quickly took over lead-back duties uh, when Cam Akers predictably struggled like he always does. Um, Williams impressed through, uh, through the air and on the ground, uh, could easily win this job as the Rams starting running back, so I think he is definitely worth an add. And I am going to go Tyler Algier. I think this guy is the biggest pickup of the weekend, to be honest. Algier outsnapped and outtouched Bijan Robinson in this offense and was given a bulk of the goal line work too. And he showed it 15 carries, two touchdowns, three receptions. Look, no one's saying that Algier is or is going to be better than Bijan Robinson, but. What has to be noted is his clear role in this team. Just like we talk about how pass-heavy offenses like the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Chargers have two viable wide receivers for fantasy, it's the same thing with the Falcons, but two viable running backs. Desmond Ritter threw the ball 18 times, and I think that's going to be on the high end of his passing come the end of the season. Um, Yeah, get Algier in. These guys are both going to be playable, I think. Also, keep an eye on Kenneth Gainwell. He got the bulk of the work. Uh, I, I am a DeAndre Swift lover, so I'm going to tell myself that they're easing him in. But Rashad Penny, all that talk about Rashad Penny, it was a healthy scratch. Stay at home, Rashad Penny, we don't need you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to not use DeAndre Swift instead. Um, but yeah, let's get on to some players to look forward to in week two. Starting as usual, maybe because we're recording in a different room, Lou. He's gone back to my room. Oh, go and get him. Oh, no, he's here. No, he found no, his no, way. Sweet, sweet. Thanks, mate. Okay, so him, we'll just refer to him as him coming in the room, means we're going to obviously start off with forget about it. The players that you are definitely starting in week two that we're not going to go into detail on 
but the locks into your lineup at quarterback. Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert. Forget about it. Running back, McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Henry, Pollard, Bijan, Etienne, Chubb, Jacobs, Aaron Jones, if he plays. Forget about it. Wide receiver, Jefferson, Hill, Adams, Chase, Diggs, Ridley, Amamra, Lamb. Forget about it. And tight end, Kelsey Andrews. Um, Forget about it. I, I don't care how any other tight ends did. There's no tight ends that he locked in your lineup if they're not called Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. It's going to be these two in this section all year. I'll be totally honest with you. Even if the, even if like this past week they don't play. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get on to our player picks. Um, we'll go traditional. We'll start at quarterback, and I'm going to start us off. Let's ride. No, I've got Russell Wilson. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that. What? Broncos country. Let's ride. Okay. I wish that we could. We could have shown Chapel's face there. That was amazing. Uh, it's because he's projected fifteen point eight. You know, you're playing the projection. I'm which, playing the which projection. I, I, game. I don't. I don't think it's the ethical way to play this game. I, I wanna, <laughs> it didn't work last I, week. Anyway. I, I want to give the listeners good players to start. You want to tell the listeners to start Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm just doing a, an impression of you from last year. Um, fifteen point eight. Now I thought Russell Wilson actually looked good at the weekend compared to last year. He did. did as well. He didn't look completely hope. He did not look completely hopeless. Um, this offense is going to take a bit to get going, and Jerry Judy's hopefully going to be back this week. This Washington defense just let up 16 points to the Cardinals. I don't think we've got time to get into the Cardinals this week. Hopefully, we remember next week because I am sick to death of Cardinals fans. Give us the number one overall pick. We want Kayla Williams. We want this. You just did this with Kyler Murray three years ago. You got someone in the first round of the draft and then you went and got Murray first overall and now you're sick of Murray and you want... I'm sick of Cardinals fans wanting the first overall pick. They need to get that franchise sorted out. Anyway, Washington just let up 16 points to the worst team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm banking on a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Wilson and a future Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payne to continue to work out the kinks, get Jerry Judy back, and put up some points against the Cardinals. Let's ride. Lou, have you got a quarterback? i got Jared Goff. A much more sensible and safe pick than stupid old Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, in all serious, Jared Goff, he's, he's playing some great football at the minute. He's on the third longest streak of passing completions without an interception in NFL history, if we didn't know that. And I think everything's in his favour this week. He's at home, indoors. We know there's some very clear discrepancies in his numbers uh, when he's at home or in a dome and when he's playing in the elements outside, away. Um, After a long rest week, you know, the Lions, after that great win against the Chiefs, they've had plenty of time to rest, recover, plan for this next game. And this week is against a surprisingly beatable Seattle secondary. Um, as we previously alluded to in the waivers section, Seattle got absolutely gashed this week, uh, this past week. They gave up 334 passing yards to a Rams team led in the receiving game by a relatively unknown rookie in Nakua and a third-year Tutu Atwell, who very few people had on the radar. Obviously, I'm not taking away anything from, from the game that them guys had. Amazing job. But yeah, all I'll say is, on this Seattle secondary, good luck against a wide receiver room led by a man, Ross St. Brown if you just got gashed by those guys. 
Um, this game, it's got the second highest over-under of the week at 39 points, with the Lions being favoured by 5.5, giving them an implied point total of 30 points. I think the Lions, I do think they keep it rolling in this game. Uh, plenty of points scored. I think Goff is responsible for a lot of those points. I would be starting Goff pretty confidently this week. Sure. Um, just before I do, boys, a little bit of trivia since you mentioned Jared Goff. Did you know he's on the third longest passing streak currently without an interception, only behind Tom Brady in second and Aaron Rodgers in first? I do, mate, because Lou just said that two minutes ago. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, do, do we not listening? Sorry, you, you were dead. You were dead quiet in my headphones. I was just nodding along. Okay, okay. Oh, and, 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 uh, this that, is staying that, in. That's staying in because that's for the listeners to see how checked into the podcast Alex Shapples is <laughs> weekly. <laughs> I thought when you were saying it just then, I was like, "Is he doing a bit? Is this a joke?" <laughs> <laughs> and we're leaving in for all the times oh, that he discourages oh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I was too busy looking at Geno Smith's numbers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, on the opposite side of the coin to Lou, I've gone for Geno Smith. Uh, everything that he just said is valid in terms of the number of points it's going to be in the match. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, and, you know... The reason that I value Gino so highly in the league this year is he's got the great weapons. I think it's going to be a really good Seahawks offense. We just didn't see it in week one for whatever reason. Uh, he's projected 17.6. I think that's a very a very beatable score. Um, you know, I think 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, he, he beats that. I think he's going to do that against the Detroit team that allowed 20 points to a, a Travis Kelsey-less um, Chiefs defense. Should be a high-scoring game. He won't piece in those games. Gino Smith for me. Mm. Uh, running back next I'm going to go Ramondre Stevenson um, Stevenson produced a nice fantasy game in a tough matchup against the Eagles this past week um, mainly because he was able to add uh, to some pretty efficient ground, pretty inefficient groundwork sorry I should say with six catches for 64 yards um, to be honest for fantasy you're going to want the Patriots to be trailing this season so that Stevenson can get that receiving work unfortunately Love you, Zeke, but you looked over the hill this week, uh, so I'm not worried about competition in that sense. Uh, and the Patriots, they're going to have opportunity to score against Miami. We just saw that the Chargers scored 30 some points against them, but specifically, that Miami defense, I think you can run on it. Eckler and Kelly just ripped them to shreds for 200 plus rushing yards at the weekend. So, you know, based on matchup and game script. I'm going to Ramondre Stevenson this week. Lou? I'm going to go Jamal Williams. Um, he dominated the backfield touches in week one for the Saints. He had 18 rush attempts and two targets through the air. Um, there's going to be minimal competition for him while Alvin Kamara is still out until week five. Obviously, that could change a little bit when rookie Kendra Miller is available, but... I don't see him cutting into Williams' workload too extensively. And I think this week in particular, Williams won't need as many touches to achieve fantasy success because he's facing a Panthers defence that just allowed Atlanta's running backs to accumulate 177 yards and three touchdowns on the ground and through the air against them. You know, they just gave up 44 positions to running backs, Carolina. I want some of that. And Jamal Williams is going to get some of that. You know, he had an underwhelming week one in a cagey matchup against the Titans, but I see week two being 
the time when Jamal Williams really takes charge of this backfield in the short time he has to do so. Shuffles? Um, yeah, basically sim- similar analysis to yourself. I'll uh, accept I've gone for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I-, I think Ooh. I think obviously he's got a lower projection than Ramandre, which helps for this. But mm. seven targets uh, against the Eagles, I think, is something that's not to be sniffed at. Turned that into five receptions for 14 yards. Um, and was, I think, much more efficient on the ground than than Ramondre. Uh, obviously, for me in this, I'm hoping for a, a cheeky goal line carry over into the end zone. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think there's much more scope for them both in the Miami match than, against, than they, there was against the Eagles. Obviously, a much stingier defense. Um, and for me, I'm just hoping that he picks up the scraps that Ramondre drops. So I've gone for, yeah, Zeke projected 7.0. I, I love that. I love that. Head to head. We're going head to head in the same backfield. Like it. Um, wide receiver, I'm going to go Chris Olave. Projected 14.5 points. 14.5 point projection for a receiver of Olave's caliber. You know, this is going to be an easy win, an easy hit. Um, as everyone projected, Olave looked great last week. You know, eight for 112 in a tough matchup against the Titans defense. Expect him to go nuclear against a bad Panthers team and a bad Panthers defense in a game that should allow should allow Derek Carr to really settle in and uh, allow it to put himself well and truly in that elite wide receiver bracket. Just a smash play, a smash play this week, Chris Olave. Nice. Uh, I'm very excited about my wide receiver pick. It's a player I I did speak about in the off season. I just didn't think I would be talking about him this soon as a start. It's their flowers. You know, despite Lamar Jackson's disappointing showing against Houston, you can't ignore 10 targets that went flows his way. Um, he accounted for 45% of the target share, which is a ridiculous number. That is not going to happen every week. But in that game, you know, flows he caught nine of those targets. Looked like everything we'd heard in training camp. Very jukey, hard to tackle, changing direction on a dime. Super elusive. I'm really just so excited to plug him in. Uh, in a game that I think is going to test this Ravens offense in a much different way to how Houston did. Um, as I said in the first segment, I'm not buying into this Bengals loss against the Browns. Divisional games, especially in the AC North, can be quite cagey. Um Tough matchup. I know that's what we're going into. We are going into a divisional matchup in the FC North, but I think the Bengals are going to want to ride the ship this week. Um, the weather's as long as it's fine. I see the Bengals being back to their explosive selves, um, getting the ball to the playmakers, chasing Higgins. And if that's the case, I suspect the Ravens are going to have to break out this new look passing offense that we've heard so much about. Uh, and then they're going to have to lean on Flowers because he is. I would say confidently, even after one week, the best receiver in that backfield. Um, yeah, the prospect of him starting in a matchup that could be juicy is really nice. Um, I, I'm forcing him into my lineups this week. I don't care what his projection is. I don't care if I have to bench a reliable, higher draft capital starter. He's going in my lineup this week. Shuffles? Yeah, I think there was quite a few wide receivers to pick from this week. I think the the projections are low across the board, so uh, I'm hoping for a, a big hit in this one. Devontae Smith projected a measly 15.1 points, got himself 17.7 last week. Um, I think this Vikings defence is there to be had, uh, conceding 20 points against the Buccaneers. I think Eagles should probably put double that on top of them. Um, so I'm looking for 
10 targets, 8 receptions, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. I think that's very achievable for Devontae Smith. Um, and I think we're going to see these projections rising soon. So hopefully, three hits for us all this week at wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Um, tight end, I'm going to go Zach Hurts because I think he's a tight end who might, yeah, tight end who might score fantasy points. Lou? Nice. I'm going to go Dallas Goddard. Goose in week one, just one target. Yeah, pretty grim weather and all that stuff. Um, Eagles' lot, the offense wasn't looking fully itself. Nick Sirianni, the head coach, said post-game, we can't go a game without getting God at the football, and I believe him. Um, so I think now he's stuck at his, stocks at his lowest as, that it's going to be all year. It's a great time to bet on him. Um you know, this team knows how good Dallas Goddard is. They know that he's a key cog in this offense. I expect him to be much more utilized in week two at home against the Vikings. Hopefully, a bit of deja vu from Dallas Goddard this week. As in week two last year, Dallas Goddard racked up 83 receiving yards at home against the Vikings. I mean, very bold picking, picking a man who goosed last week, but I know you're chasing them again this season. No, I feel like this is the safest time to pick him, though. I feel like, you know, after a Dallas Goddard, a very notable tight end, very reliable tight end, after a goose, I, I've never been more confident to start a player. <laughs> True. Yeah, well, you, do you actually have to start him? Uh, I, I, I No, I'm starting him in a couple of leagues. Okay. I am. Okay. In one league. Shuffles rounds <laughs> I don't off. care about. <laughs> rounds off with a tight end that might score fantasy points. I'm not even sure about this one, to be honest. Unbelievably. I mean, it might be because I've had a few drinks and I'm not sure, but I'm going back to the Denver Broncos tight end well. Uh, Greg Dulcich. Let's ride. Yeah. Greg Dulcich, unfortunately, <laughs> went off with a hamstring injury second quarter, which is why he wasn't a hit. That's the only reason we should probably put it down as a hit. Um, so I've gone for the Trout Man. Uh, five targets, five receptions, 35 yards. He's going to get the. I think he's going to get all the work there. There's not going to be anyone else that comes in. Sean Payton seems to like him. There was a lot of rumblings around him a couple of years ago when he was at the Saints. Let's see. If he catches a touchdown, he's probably going to be a hit. That's the best you can hope for with a tight end that's not named Kelsey or Andrews, I think, boys. Great. Nice. Nice. Um, let's quickly look at this week's games, shall we? Sharples, have you got us a... Yeah, certainly do. Going to uh, whiz through them. Shout out if you've got any objections. So only three in the in the bad game. There's a lot in the meh category this week. Mm. But uh, gone for Texans, Colts, Broncos, Commanders, and Bears, Buccaneers. I mean, there's there's an interesting narrative there with with the two rookie quarterbacks mm. playing each other. I mean, yeah. the Texans, Colts, but yeah, kind of agreed. I think the Broncos, Commanders is the grimmest. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the big one. I found myself putting up putting a lot of teams in there, maybe because sort of first week after week one, it had me feeling a little bit lethargic and a bit down on some good teams. Um, but I've gone for, in the meh category, Bills Raiders, Falcons Packers, Titans Chargers, Cardinals Giants, Steelers Browns, and yeah. Panthers Saints. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd agree with all them. Yeah, I mean, not, not as... Cowboys fans obviously as Cowboys fans were really looking forward to it but I would argue that Cowboys Jets could be in the meh category because as amazing as it was to see the 40-0 win um, bad game to watch no it wasn't for a lover of the game bad game to watch no, it wasn't. for a neutral no it wasn't people tuning out in droves <laughs> um, but yeah <laughs> mine might go the same way I don't know hmm 
Yeah. Mm. Um, initially, I had the Cowboys Jets in the great category, but the Aaron Rodgers injury pushed that down. But I kept it in good. I was trying to be hopeful, so I've got them in the good alongside the Bengals versus the Ravens, depending on how the Ravens uh, turn out. Patriots Dolphins, because I'm really interested to see if Belichick can stifle this Dolphins uh, offense. Uh, and the Rams 49ers, because the Rams really did surprise me in week one. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I think I'm. I think the Rams forty nine is might be the game I'm most interested in um, of this week, just because, yeah, of how 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 good the Rams looked. Can they sort of replicate that against an even better mm. team in the forty nine? As we'll see. I mean those those um, those AFC North matchups are always pretty spicy. So I know Steelers Browns doesn't really excite us that much, but yeah, Bengals Ravens. They they're always a bit chippy those games. They yeah. we really do hate each other in that division. So, and finally, hopefully, three great games: uh, Eagles, Vikings, Jags, Chiefs, and Lions, Seahawks. Yeah, I think I don't Vikings know. Vikings could let us down. Yeah, Vikings could do the. Uh, I've True. got seeking suspicion. The Eagles might just go in there and absolutely romp them. But let's see. I mean, if they truly are a championship contender team like they keep telling us they are these are the kind of games that you need to uh, win I agree and you know tell me if this is just me lads but whenever I see the Lions in a game I just get excited (laughs) I think the Jaguars is the same to me that's why Jaguars Chiefs is the standout to me that that could go off that could be a a Dolphins Chargers yeah Yeah. but um, that's going to do it my final thoughts are that we've ran on a little bit too long this week, but too many reactions to give to this week. Hopefully, less bad to talk about, more good to skim through. I agree. Next week. I agree, and I'll I'll just say um, for everybody listening, thank you for listening. Please do um, you know pass it on to your mates if you play fantasy football with your mates. We do have. An email now uh, in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com. If you hate some of our takes, if you think we're idiots yes. and you want to abuse us, give us an email. Or if you have any nice questions or need any fancy football advice, shoot us an email in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com. We are also uh, on YouTube now. The audio of the podcast is on YouTube. I know a lot of people listen to podcasts on there. Um, spread it around. We'd, we'd love to get this little community growing. And yeah, yeah. Tell your mates, don't tell them about the Russell Wilson thing just then that I said before. <laughs> that's just that's just for us now. Yeah, yeah. So tell them to tune in next week. Yeah. Um and if Russell Wilson plays well, we'll talk about it. And if he doesn't, we'll pretend I didn't say that. Just in case we have a surge of new listeners, that we don't want them thinking that this is the Russell Wilson podcast again, season two. But yeah. Hmm. Okay. Thank you very much for Thank listening. Thank you. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.